0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. The Falcons are dead, Kawhi. We are Atlanta's and Atlanta Natives recap of the week that was Atlanta professional sports with wacky ass hijinks, depression, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? We're also presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network.
1: Graham, it's going pretty well. I don't know if that statement you just made is factually accurate, though. Depression? No, no, no. Um, the Falcons are dead? Wait, why are you throwing in depression now? I don't even listen to you anymore. What are you talking uh, about <laughs> over there? <laughs> the whole entry, I kind of just zoned out, listen to the middle of the day, without thinking about what I'm going to say.
0: Sure. Uh, I was thinking about It's just been a tumultuous week in Atlanta sports, Adam, with um, you know the Falcons losing again for the fourth time in fifth games. Uh, Trey Young and Nate McMillan having a uh, spat, shall we say. Right. The Hawks continuing to blow double-digit leads in the fourth quarter teams. Um, Which things aren't looking good Here's the thing though, Graham We have evolved so much Over
1: the six or seven years That we've done this podcast We do not let What happens on the field Or on the court Affect how we feel In our personal lives Right, Graham? No, not as much The Super Bowl's over We got We got the World Series We got the World Series You know I was excited about this show Because we have so much shit To talk about Sure And yeah, a lot of it's bad You've matured, Adam I'm proud of you (laughs) Maybe I haven't yeah, well, you know, we
0: were what twenty six when we started this. Twenty five. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening to you. Usually when you talk, <laughs> I just sort of zone out and listen to one or two words. Yeah, no, we were twenty. That's a good play. Uh, yeah, we were twenty. We started in two thousand seventeen, like early two thousand seventeen. So I think I was twenty five and you were twenty six. Well, I think we just play off each other a lot as well. Sure.
1: Although there is nothing that like the World Cup. We watched that together right. Saturday morning. We did. I don't think it ruined my day that they no, lost. No, I didn't care. I, I I would have been better if they won.
0: Yeah, but I wasn't like devastated, and I can't do anything else for the rest of my life. Although you got very upset when the Falcons lost to uh, who they lose to before the Steelers, the, the Redskins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, it's. <laughs> I still call them. Please that. censor that. I still call them. Don't that let sometimes. that get out there. Yes. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. No, I, I was. Yeah, it, it can ruin a Sunday. No doubt about sure. it. Sure. I guess I'm just in a good mood right now. That's that's good. You know why? Uh, no, I don't look at your smiling face again. Gar. Oh
0: yeah. You know, always, always just bringing that, that lovely energy every week. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Well, let's, let's get, let's just get into it, Graham. Let's you get know?
0: into it. I'm smiling really hard. I was trying to like, you know, play into the smiling face. Very thing. disturbing. Yeah. It's, it's, that you do not like that. That's not, that's smile. my smile. That's a grimace. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the Falcons losing another game, uh, another close game, another one square game. I think it's like their fifth or sixth they've lost this year. Uh, one score games. 1916 to Pittsburgh in Atlanta, although many times it felt like a Steelers home game with the amount of Steelers fans in the crowd.
1: Bo, I mean, I, I heard from, you know, our source in the stadium, Mike Bell, ATL, from ninety two nine, The Game. Sure. The most dedicated, possibly like just Atlanta professional sports fan that's out there. Definitely Falcons. You know, I, I don't know how much of that is just for his job. I was thinking about that last night. I saw that he was at the Hawks game
0: as well. But he, but he doesn't use like media credentials. He actually pays, to, you know, to sit in the seats like the rest of us. And you know, his season tickets are like what three forty five or three forty two or whatever. Yeah. He's not like sitting field level or anything. That is old school. So, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, everything I heard is like seventy percent Steelers fans, which you expect. Like I understand talking to someone through work this past week who is also like a long time. Falcons season ticket holder like 30 plus years or something and he's like look I, I make the money for my season tickets on like Steelers games and Cowboys games so if you can sell them not have to hear all the crap of those huge crowds cheering against the home team and you know make your money back I, I get it but it sucks at the yeah. same time I think if
0: also if we were better you know more Falcons fans would have shown up or not sold their tickets they still would have sold a decent amount Because the Steelers always draw well. Steelers always draw well. Packers, Bears, you know, these legacy, Cowboys, these legacy NFL franchises that have been good since the inception of the NFL, as opposed to a team that has mostly sucked outside of this, like, sort of 25 year renaissance period we've had of mostly competitive football with some bad four or five year stretches mixed in. You know, that's a good qualifier because technically, I think we're a legacy team. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, we weren't been around since what early 60s?
1: 66. Yeah, I think when did the NFL start? Can't remember. Okay, we're fans.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's helpful, but around the sixties, right?
0: Well, the there was an AFL NFL, Super Bowl. There there was football before that, right? So you you still had like you know the Indianapolis Colts were playing, or excuse me, Baltimore Colts were playing in the forties, and I assume the Packers were too. But like first Super Bowl, you know, when we went to Super uh, Super Bowl against the Broncos, it was Super Bowl thirty three. So that was, uh, what, 98-99 season. So, yeah, the NFL itself, I think, has been around since the 60s or the early 70s. I would say 60s. And then there is a there's another league before that. And then they merged together, AFL and NFL, that created the new NFL, sort of like how First Union and Wachovia combined to create Wachovia back <laughs> in the day. Very similar circumstances. Um, so long story short is, yes, we've been around for a while, but we haven't been around as long as those other teams, even though – they were in a different league before the NFL, sure, or sure. whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. I, I understand yeah. we're,
1: we're there with you, Graham. Yeah. We're there, like, we'll bring on um, history correspondent Jeff De Delori in the once we get to the real depression part of the year, like January, January, when all we got to talk about is the Hawks and nothing else. That's not looking a- good right a- and now, and the Braves, <laughs> and the Braves still not signing any major free agents, yeah, in January. That's what we'll, we'll, we'll get uh, history correspondent Jeff on to. Do a more proper, you know, history of the NFL. Yeah, that sounds good. Than that was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just don't trust you. No, I'm very scattershot.
0: I do know there was a merger, and I do know you went to Super Bowl 33. Those are the two things I am Those are 100% okay. clear on.
1: <laughs> but anyways, back, back to the present day. So we lost again, Graham. Yes. We have lost four out of our last five games. Correct. And, you know, eventually you get to the point where to stay in – a division race, you gotta win a couple games. Like I understand our division sucks, but you know, four out of five and all, all four of those are winnable is just it's frustrating.
0: Yeah, and these these past two games have been particularly brutal in terms of the way you've lost. Um, I mean this game was full of chicanery, um, in the in the fourth quarter. You had um, you know, the Correll Patterson touchdown, you know, reneged based off of uh, holding, which is hit or miss. You had P.I. on uh, Drake London in the end zone that wasn't called. Yeah, that one really like
1: slipped under the radar. Like This this would have put us up by one. Yeah.
0: And just they didn't even think about throwing a flag. No. And it was it was pretty blatant. Absolutely. The guy was all over him. He couldn't make a play. And it was actually like, a decently thrown ball by Mariota, which is a, sh- a shock. Um, you had the fumble that wasn't, where the Steelers fumbled the ball. It was such a
1: blatant... Football move. Those yeah. are the three things. It's like he caught catch, it. possession.
0: And then ran like three steps. Make a football move. Yeah. He clearly turned. Like, and it was called a fumble on the field. Yeah. I, there's How is it incontrovertible video evidence that it wasn't a fumble? Can someone explain that to me other than Gene Steratore trying to stick up for his fucking referee buddies?
1: You know what? I'm, I'm starting to think, you know, I'm half joking here, but somewhat legitimate. The NFL might be a little rigged, Graham. Cause, you know how this is. You know what they're trying to rig here. What Steelers getting going? No, because we, we've had a number of like, just like bullshit calls against us this year. Yeah, you know, Grady Jarrett.
0: Oh, they're coming after Grady for no, 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 no. Oh. no.
1: But I'm just like, you know, Grady the Grady Jarrett sack. Oh, right. Called right, yeah. and who was that on? Tom, w- Tom Brady. And who does the NFL want? In the playoffs. Tom Brady. In his probable last
0: year. Definitely Tom Brady.
1: Right. Do they want the Falcons, who can't sell out their stadium, only 30% of a stadium is their fans, do they want them in the playoffs getting like eight wins and uh, Tom Brady just like, you know, bowing out in terrible form? No. They want Tom Brady to like get a little hype for that first game before they get actually
0: just like absolutely stomped on. Sure. Uh, maybe you should call Oliver Stone, um, and try to make a film about this. It sounds like conspiracy theories, big conspiracy theorist guy. JFK, I don't know if you've seen that, born on the 4th of July. Uh, I haven't
1: seen him, but I've heard of Oliver Stone.
0: Yeah, no, he's a big time, like, especially like real world events, like, he's all into the conspiracy theories. Yeah. He's made memories about it too. I think I've heard him on a podcast once or twice. Yeah, he's, uh, you're sounding a lot like Oliver Stone right now. But you could be right. Is that not he reasonable? Could be right. No, I mean, I mean, I fifteen percent chance. I can understand that, and I don't think any other quarterback in the league gets that call—the Grady Jarrett, rough, quote unquote, roughing the passer call—other than Tom Brady. It's insane.
1: And does Tom Brady get that call that we did not get in the end
0: zone? That no. to Drake London, right? And does Tom Brady get p- penalized for kicking Grady Jarrett? No, no. He, he, he gets didn't. fined afterwards, like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, which is like. A, you know, a penny for you 1,200? or twelve hundred or something like I don't know. That can't be accurate. It had to be more than that. Maybe it's twelve thousand. Twelve thousand, maybe. But yeah. like, what is that to Tom Brady?
1: It's I mean, money is nothing to him. Period. Right. So it's point. like,
0: what do you like? Don't even find him. Like, like if you're just going to be this blatant and uh, you know in your support. Uh, of of Tom Brady and and all this bullshit. Like, don't even do that. That's just insulting. What does the NFL
1: do with these fines? Do these fines go to NFL's, like, bottom line, or do they, like, just donate them to a charity? Because they should donate them to a charity.
0: I think they should either donate them to a charity or put it in, like, the players' union to, like, help out guys that maybe, uh, you know, or have, have, like, life, you know, debilitating injuries suffered from playing in the league or something. That would be my suggestion. Either way. Or both.
1: Or to, like, just...
0: Take a percentage and put it in both.
1: You know, employees of the NFL. Or that. Low yeah. on the totem pole. Yeah. like Here's your Christmas bonus. Tom Brady, kick
0: Grady Jerry. Right. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the people serving you liquor drinks on the 300-yard, or the 100-yard bar the Mercedes Benz. Well,
1: they're contractors, Graham. They don't work for the NFL. Oh, okay,
0: so Like, you know, the little guys that carry the big shield around, uh, like the big bubble on the sideline for like NFL films and shit like that. Yeah? The sound dude? The sound dude, Yeah? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's an option.
0: Yeah, or that poor uh, sideline guy that holds, like, the chains that got absolutely decked in one of the Falcons games. I can't remember who that was. That'd
1: be a fun yeah. job,
0: though. It would be. That guy got absolutely hammered.
1: I don't know how you get that job, but that'd be, like, a, a good little side gig.
0: That would be fun. Well, he
1: probably only makes, like, 50 bucks a game or something like sure. that. Just gets decked. Yeah. I'm sure he signs a waiver. Right. It's like, if you get hit, No like insurance. can't sue. Yeah.
0: The NFL. Yeah. yeah. Can't remember what we were talking about. But, yeah, you were talking about conspiracy theories against the Falcons. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's that detailed is what you're talking about, but I wouldn't put it past the NFL.
1: Well, either that or the conspiracy theory is more geared towards getting Arthur Smith to finally start Desmond Ritter. Which Holy shit. It, is it, it seems now. like we're there, Graham. It, it is it, absolutely time. Arthur Smith has changed his tone. Yeah, remember a, few, whole, a yeah. few
0: weeks ago, he was like, "Mariota's our quarterback for the rest of the year. I don't want to hear this question anymore. Then in the press conference after the game, He's talking about everybody's jobs on the line. Everybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. There are no safe jobs. And I was like, okay, good.
1: When you could see it during the game, there was a throw in the third or fourth quarter. I feel like it was the fourth pretty late, like uh, one of the more important drives where we obviously didn't score. And Drake London's wide open on the sideline. And it was just another uncatchable throw. The stat that we've heard Mariota is the worst at in the NFL like only like 70% of his throws are deemed catchable and Jesus. and this one was like 3 or 4 feet over a jumping Drake London who's like what was he like 6'5 six, 6'6 six, six. Yeah. and he and, couldn't get it and Arthur Smith is right there on the sideline Yeah. and you can just see him like put his head down and just like shake it and yeah. it's like it seemed like that's the moment he's like dude like we can't do this anymore cuz right. like just Execute these pretty basic throws. Well, here's my question. And we we win one or two of these games that
0: we've lost. Well, here's my question to Arthur. Why keep calling these deep? I've been saying this for weeks. Why keep doing this when you when it's been proven he can't do it? It was a ten yard out. Oh, there's that. But I'm talking about there's a deeper there's a deep ball that he threw to London that would have been a touchdown had it been a competent quarterback. You got you got to take those shots like that that one you're talking about in the just not gonna hit him. He's hit. One I mean, you deep saw him. You,
1: you saw him hit one earlier in the game to London that went for like forty yards. as yeah, well. Yeah, but it's just like it's too inconsistent. Well, yeah, that's why. That's like, why is he in the game? Like, you
0: can't, you can't, too. you can't not take any deep shots in the NFL. Yeah, I, I agree, but I'm just saying, like, if this is who you're rolling with, like, I'm, I'm mad about the, you know, balanced a- attack here. Twenty-four attempts for Mariota, twenty-eight rushing attempts for. Uh, the third best rushing team in yeah. the, the National Football the League. The first
1: half, we were not running it at all, and I don't understand that. It at makes all. no like, sense. Like I think we had like twenty rushing yards in the first half, and then they start doing it in the second half, and it's there.
0: Yeah, you got CDP with eleven sixty, averaging five and a half. Tyler Algier, ten and fifty two, averaging a little over five yards. Um, I don't understand. I really don't understand why we aren't just. Those guys should be getting. If you're if Mario's your quarterback, they should each be getting like twenty carries a game at this point with how bad he is.
1: Yeah, it's it's like they just went away from the game plan in the first half and then realized, oh shit, we're really good at that. Let's start doing it again. And then it hits. Yeah. And little Huntley, Caleb Huntley, that man, every time he touches the ball, he's like he's like Antoine Smith from like what? It was like six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't think he's like that great of a running back, probably. Like he's not a workhorse. But do you have a third stringer that you can just like throw in there, and he's gonna battle and get you 12, 13 yards? Yeah, and
0: he more than held his own when CDP was out. Yeah. So, um,
1: what the hell happened to Damian Williams,
0: by the way? Not used in this game.
1: Well, I mean, do you even remember Damian Williams? He was our free agent oh, signing. I was thinking of Avery Williams. Sorry. No, no, yeah, Damian yeah. Williams. Like he was supposed to be our number two running back. He had like three touches in the in week one. Gets hurt. We, we
0: haven't heard from him. He might be dead at this not, point. Not that we need him. No, but it's but, just, yeah, it's funny. We haven't heard anything. Hell, I forgot he
1: existed. There was certainly a episode that we did back in August where I'm like, I'm real excited to see what Damian Williams is going to do. Could be like He could be our feature back with uh, you know, out wide. And, of course, the Corderell
0: playing wide receiver hasn't happened either. No. Uh, Corderell gets no, not even a target in this game. Uh, defensively, bad tackling. That that played to a Friar move that went for fifty seven yards, fifty seven yards. It maybe should have been an eight yard game. Yeah, it was hit after like eight yards. Yeah, might have gotten the first uh, first down on it. Yeah, but it's like that. That's just crazy. There's bad tackling on Najee Harris. Bad, you know, the defense just did not look good in this. I mean, well, I'll say this. The defense didn't look great at tackling, but when the defense absolutely has to do something, they did it and they still I mean, we've lost like four or five games this year. I mean I mean, I'm I'm making this up. I think we've lost at least three games with uh with holding a, a, an opposing team to under twenty one points. That should not be possible.
1: Yeah, well I think I think it's like four games in a row the offense has failed to score twenty. Yeah, and then there's that too. Yeah. So it's just defense is they're doing okay.
0: Yeah, they're doing okay. They're not great, but they, they keep you in the game. There's a the reason why the Falcons are in it every game every week is because the defense is competent enough to do things when they absolutely have to. And having AJ Terrell back has also been uh, fantastic overall. So I think, you know, looking at where the Falcons are now after Monday night football where the the Bucks came back and beat the Saints and scored like, I don't know, uh they were down 16-3 with five minutes left and came back and won. It was it was incredibly frustrating. So they score like thir- fourteen points in like five minutes. So, so
1: let me ask you: I, I didn't watch this game. Yeah. I know you mentioned you watched the end of it. Did you find yourself cheering for the Bucs or the Saints? Because I was oh conflict- definitely the Saints. Really, I was conflicted.
0: Well, because like if the Bucks win, your playoff chances are over. Now that the Bucks won. We, we I think can- we still have like a five percent chance. Yeah, but it's like if if they had lost, Tampa Bay is five and seven and we're 5 and 8 so we're just you know still hanging with them now they're 6 and 6 and even though it's only two games we only have like what four games left yeah we don't have a lot of time so it's like uh, they have five so i mean and they're probably going to lose their next two they could but it's it's just like you the falcons easily could have won this division they easily could have won this division and and we should not expect anything from them cuz they aren't great but they've been in every game and it's just been man It's just been so frustrating to watch this team just sort of implode, but still play hard and come close, and they just can't finish the job.
1: I feel like I've slowly transitioned. Like, Yes, I would still like to make the playoffs. That would be cool. But I've also kind of transitioned to the if the Saints had won, then we might not see Ritter. Next week or after the buy, yeah, which I really want to see Ritter at this point. Like yeah. I said, I I was done after the Carolina game, that Thursday night game. That's when I was officially done with Mariota. But you know, I'm also I'm starting to think about draft picks a little bit. Oh yeah, you have. Oh, to. granted, we lost, so we we still get bumped up a little bit. But yeah, no, it's you like, have to. The, we're top
0: ten now. No, the season in terms of being competitive, I feel like like competitive in a sense that you are contending for a playoff spot is over. Just about. You're on the you're on the precipice of, of ruin and things aren't working, so why not see what you have in Ritter at this point? I I'd, I'd like you to, got
1: to. I like where we're at. We're not eliminated, but I think we're gonna see Ritter. Like all signs are pointing to right. Ritter.
0: Right. Where you can still be, you know, competitive, I guess, um in that respect.
1: And Smith Smith said that we will know by next Monday. His right. next
0: press conference is on Monday. By week this week. Yes, we will know. Um I think you have nothing to lose. What do you have to lose at this point? And, and the offensive line is decent enough in pass protection where I don't think his confidence is going to be ruined.
1: Well, I think that that's the other kicker is that over the last like three weeks in pass protection, like this past week, we were the number three overall offensive line in pass protection. They have taken incredible strides over the last few weeks. So I think really that this year, yeah. So I think that because that was a, one of the big concerns with putting Ritter out there yeah. is you don't want
0: him just getting demolished. That was my biggest concern, and
1: I don't think you're going to see that at this point.
0: No, and you have a great running game that can take the pressure off him. Yeah,
1: and it's like Mariota. I mean, dude, the the guy's throwing for 160 yards. We didn't even mention that. Of course, the game ended. We had it. Granted, we we're at like the two yard line. Steelers had a sick punt that uh, put us there with like 40 seconds left. But then. It's like all these games are ending with Mariota interceptions. It's like when he needs to do something, he's, he's not getting guy. it done. He's, he's throwing a pick. Guy. I went to the bathroom real quick. I was like, oh, let's see, you know, see what he does with these forty seconds. I come back. Steelers win. <laughs> it's
0: like, a- yeah, yeah. No, it's it's time. And there's really no excuse not to make the change. There's really no excuse not to make the change at this point. I would be, I have because uh, like let's think about the Steelers, all right. Let's think about the Steelers and what they've done with Kenny Pickett. They benched Trubisky about three or four games in the year when they realized, okay, this team's not going to be very good. Let's just see what the rookies got. Granted, they drafted him in the first round this year, so expectations are a little higher. But at this point, Pickett has turned himself into a solid quarterback. He's still making mistakes, but he's learning on the field. He's got a potential. He's, he's got a future probably in the league. Who knows? He's still a very unfinished product. But you, if you've watched Steelers games at all this year, the difference between him... Now versus like five or six weeks ago is huge. So like with four or uh, four games left, with a season that is pretty much lost, and even if you do somehow make the playoffs, you're going to get your ass absolutely handed to you, and you're not contending for a Super Bowl this year. Why not see what you have in your rookie so that you can formulate an effective off season plan for the quarterback position? And four games is
1: still like enough of a sample size. It's you know maybe a game or two shorter than we'd like it to be, but. It's enough. You're playing teams that are still fighting for something. It gives you an idea. It's not just Ritter like in week 18, you know, going up against the Bucks who have already clinched or something like that. Right. Um. So, yeah, it's it's got to be done. It'll be very disappointing, and, you know, I can't justify not doing it.
0: Yeah. Last five weeks, the Falcons have scored 17.6 points per game, 26th worst in the league. Yeah. Not good yeah this is all you need to know really let's make a move yeah um yeah so bye week this week and that's pretty much the 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 falcons report unless you have anything else you want to go into i mean i think we sort of covered the bases here yeah
1: that does it for me
0: all right we'll take a break talk some uh talk some nl east actually after the after the break and and uh break down some moves that other teams are doing while the Braves are stagnant so far in free agency. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost of DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game same game parlay bet and combine multiple bets like which team will win player props points totals and more the more legs you add the bigger the boost the bigger your shot to win big so let's get to our picks this week everyone uh went one and one last week let's try to go 2-0 and so the one bet i'm really liking is uh san francisco against tampa bay tampa bay travels to san francisco San Fran's defense has been pretty darn good all year. They are probably going to have a backup quarterback, but Tampa Bay's getting three and a half points. They haven't looked good. They barely beat a horrible Saints team at home on Monday night. Um, I expect San Fran to cover the spread and win this game to take San Fran over Tampa Bay, even though Tampa Bay gets three and a half. And then uh, next next bet, I also like this, just stay at this game right here. Um, Tampa Bay and San Francisco, um, the over-under is 37-and-a-half. I will take the under. I think there's going to be an ugly-ass game. I think only about 30 points are going to be scored uh, combined. So I will take the under with uh, Tampa Bay and San Francisco at 37-and-a-half. So we're staying on, on the West Coast for this one. Take San Francisco to beat Tampa Bay and then take the under at 37-and-a-half points. So here's what you got
1: to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility
0: restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam, we have some baseball news to touch on. Thank you for the water, friend. And... It's uh, it's just concerning the NL East. Every high-profile free agent wants to go to the NL East, Adam. Uh, Trey Turner signs, like, what, a 10-year deal with the Phillies for $300 million? And then uh, Verlander goes to the Mets and will pretty much fill in uh, DeGrom's shoes at this point.
1: Yeah, the Trey Turner deal, I think that's going to be awful for them after, like, three or four years. 29-year-old shortstop who relies on speed, and you give him an 11-year deal. It's a lot. That's and, crazy. Yeah, I think that's like a contract they would have given out in two thousand five. Like,
0: yeah, I think they're betting on these, this championship window for them uh, first five years win a title with Trey Turner. What's their pitching staff? It worked this year, man. I don't think it really matters like uh, to them right now. They got Nola, um, the corpse of Noah Syndergaard. Ranger Suarez is all right, and Wheeler, and Wheeler. I mean. Nola Wheeler Suarez is a solid three, especially but especially like a top two. Like that's a that's a good way to it's uh, a solid foundation to build your pitching it, staff upon.
1: Yeah, it's it's fine. I, I I hate Trey Turner. He's always been a Braves killer, especially with the Nationals and the Dodgers. And it sucks that he's back in the division. But you know, I guess if the Phillies don't care about having an awful deal long term, although I probably said the same thing about Bryce Harper when they gave him ten years, three hundred, and now that looks like a bargain yeah so who knows who knows but yeah that sucks uh scherzer wait no so scherzer is now with the he's out west now right no he uh, he's with the rangers
0: i thought scherzer stayed with the meds no no degrom went to the rangers scherzer's Correct. still with you're the Mets. right okay yeah.
1: so degrom gone verlander in verlander seems like the more hittable
0: pitcher especially in the playoffs
1: So that's net positive for the Braves. Yeah,
0: he's still really good, but also the good. I mean, he had one of the best seasons of his career last year. The good news is, though, Degrom and um, excuse me, not Degrom, Scherzer and uh, Verlander. I just don't expect them to keep performing at such a high level forever. I know these deals are short as well; they're like two year deals. But eventually, age is going to catch up with those guys. I'm I'm not as concerned with that move, honestly. I mean, they're paying. It's hilarious. They're paying those two guys like eighty-five million dollars total. While we're paying like seven or eight players in our core, like seventy-five million. So you know what? You want to go spend forty-five million dollars, uh, eighty million dollars total on two, you know, great pitchers that are old that have both had health issues over the last three years? Be my guest. I'm sure their health is only going to improve. Their durability is only going to improve with age.
1: Yeah, and these two teams are. They're both kind of building similarly. It's like for whatever reason they think they have a window right now and they want to go for it, but I, f- I feel like long term it's not it's not going to work. Least, I mean, I guess the Verlander deal two years, eighty million dollars that's crazy. It's insane. That's just absolutely crazy. Like I mean, I don't know. I, I still don't. I don't believe in the Mets. I think they're a loser team, loser franchise. I think
0: they're going to lose a number of key pieces from their team last year as well. Like Brandon Nimmo is still a free agent. Yeah. They already lost to Grom. So, I mean, you're seven in one pitcher for the other, but it's like it's still a loss, right? Um, and, you know, it's – the Mets, until they can prove that they can win in October, I'm not really – I still got to respect them because of what they did last year, but I'm not – I'm not afraid of them. Um, yeah, I mean, the Phillies are a little more scary right now than the Mets. Because they proved themselves. Yeah. They proved that they can get their shit together and make it happen. The Mets, uh, you know, folded like a
1: paper cup. And I, I, I know people are frustrated in Atlanta because we haven't made a move yet. But, you know, we're still benefit of the doubt to Anthopolis at this point. Like, five straight division championships. Like, we, until they dethrone us, you know, we're still... They're chasing us at the end of the day. And Dansby's obviously still out there. Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not going to get Correa. We're not going to get... Uh, Bogarts Bogarts just like get that out of your mind some interesting stories coming out about Dansby Graham I don't know if you've heard about all of this I heard that
0: Anthopolis talked to Dansby which is rare or unheard of actually considering he never talks to free agents
1: well he doesn't reach out to them they reached Dansby reached out to him him. correct Mm -hmm. but uh, something more this happened this afternoon this report I saw I think it was from John Heyman where you know so during the season the Braves had offered him like $100 $100 million. Dansby's camp turned that down. Yeah, Dansby's camp, it's been reported, countered at $140 million, to which the Braves shut down. So, if you assume five or six years, you're talking about like $23 million
0: a year, which is somewhat
1: reasonable I for Dansby. Really but
0: just for his defense. Because you, I still feel like Dansby hasn't proven himself offensively. I know he had a much better offensive year than... Uh, ever before last year. But, you know, we saw the regression happen in the second half of the year. He was like
1: 2 of 17 in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good in the playoffs. He's not as
1: good at hitting fastballs as he used to be, and that's only going to go downhill.
0: Yeah, his his batting average of balls in play was greatly inflated in the first half of the season, too, and that, you know, regressed. I still love that stat. Um, and I think the Braves are being smart about it. The problem is, um, you know, if you don't bring him back, can Von Grissom handle it? I don't know.
1: I think what you're assuming, and you got you got to look at it this way, is if Anthopolis is saying no to bringing Dansby back at a somewhat reasonable number for what the market currently is, you got to think that he either has an end to greatly improve left field. Please, God. Or make a trade for a shortstop. You know, Ahmed Rosario with the Guardians. Mm-hmm. You've Mm got – I I can't remember the guy's name with the Brewers, their shortstop, who's supposed to be, like, possibly available in a trade. So that's a possibility. Or you're somehow going out and getting just, like, an absolute stud pitcher or relief pitcher. So, like, there's starting pitcher or relief pitcher. So if, you know, if we don't bring Dansby back, and then you've got Simmons or Arcia as our shortstop but hitting ninth – but you had a stud left fielder, you can live with that. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, he did the same thing with Josh Donaldson in 2018 where we went with the young guy over a contract that he wasn't comfortable with, and that worked out great in Austin Riley, obviously. Right, right.
0: So, um, Dansby is still on. We'll see what happens. I, You know, you got to put your faith in Anthopolis at this point. I think he's proven himself enough, um, more than enough to earn, to have the uh, fan base's trust. It would still just suck to lose Dansby in terms of what he, you know, we've talked, you know, we're bitching about his offense over here, acknowledging how great his defense is. But this would be another, you know, core piece lost to the clubhouse, and you can't really quantify the impact that will have if, if he leaves.
1: True. Sure. Yeah. Absolute leader of the clubhouse. but
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't be upset if they brought him back either. I mean, I, I really like Dansby a lot as a player. I mean, I think he is the best defensive shortstop in baseball. And with the shift being uh, eliminated next year for some stupid-ass reason, um, having, you know, the shortstop position was always a premium defensively, but it will even be more so now that you can't take advantage of advanced analytics.
1: Yep. It is winter meetings right now, Graham. Mm -hmm. It used to be when all the moves happened. Hot stove. Hot stove. Hot stove. But, you know, I feel like this is going to stretch out for a while. This certainly feels like Freddie,
0: yeah, all over again. If you put a gun to my head right now, I say he's gone. I think someone will overpay, overpay for him. Someone like Chicago.
1: Yeah, there's there's rumors of the Cubs signing both him and Bogarts. So yeah, if anyone's going to overpay, like we're not going to overpay. If he really wants to stay in Atlanta, he'll be here. It's just yeah. like for, with Freddie. But if he just wants to get the biggest paycheck,
0: see you later. Yeah. So we'll find out and. Uh, Keep our uh, eyes on any news that that pops up, and obviously when it breaks, we'll we'll talk about it. Either be upset, happy, somewhere in between. Uh, all right, Adam, let's talk Hawks. This team is uh, falling apart. I feel like more so than ever um, this year. Uh, let's talk about on the court first before we get to the off off the court stuff. Another dumb loss. Another blown double-digit point lead in the in the fourth quarter, losing to a rebuilding team in Oklahoma City, who do have good pieces. But um, it was another frustrating game. And But there's also like plenty of times in the first three quarters where I was like, all right, I'm putting it together. Things are happening. Um, and then just the fourth quarter, the offense stagnates. Defense breaks down. Everyone's kind of looking around, not knowing what to do. Um, Trey Young is such a bad three-point shooter this year. I cannot get over how... Even his shot selection was pretty good. He wasn't taking a bunch of logo threes. He was open and just missing brick after brick after brick. One for seven from three last night. And when he actually made the three-pointer, I was like, it's a miracle! It's almost like Josh Smith taking threes. He's shooting 29% from three-point range. I don't understand why he keeps taking all these shots. Well, I feel like we can't start with the Hawks this week
1: without talking about the -the off-the-court stuff that happened this week with...
0: That's hilarious. Because I was like, let's start with the on-the-court stuff first. No, because I think no. it's it's all related. You think it's related? So is it... I think I don't think it's just the off-the-court stuff happening this week. I think it's the off-the-court stuff in general. I think it goes back to last year.
1: Well, like for Trey watching the, the game last night, for those of you who have not heard, The Athletic came out with an article on, I think, yesterday, or maybe it was Sunday, that it came out where Trey and... McMillan had a big argument at practice where Trey did not want to go to shoot around which you know from listening to like other NBA podcasts with NBA players that's like pretty unheard of and he wanted to focus on his rehab which is just like him in like a different section of the gym and just like not participating in the team activities and McMillan was pretty firm that like you know, you need to come. That's not what we discussed. That wasn't the rehab plan. And saying, come or come off the bench tonight or don't show up at all is what the report was. Right. And Trey ends up not being at the game at all on Sunday. Um, McMillan would go back to say he never said don't come at all, which makes it even worse yeah. they, that Trey didn't show
0: up. Yeah. Who? Kn- I don't know who to believe there. I'd probably believe McMillan over Trey. It seems like, I don't know. It
1: seems like the team – Has McMillan's back more so than Trey, and like it's kind of been Trey's reputation since college, high school, even that teammates don't love playing with him, and I'm worried that it's starting to like show a lot more and affect the chemistry on this team.
0: Well, look at the game against Denver versus the game against Oklahoma City. Denver, the ball is moving. You beat a. This is the game that he didn't play. Correct. Correct. This is the game where he didn't come to the arena at all. It felt like you know everybody played loose. Um, it was a good overall team effort. You beat a really solid uh, contending team in Denver with, like, you know, two it Was it Denver
1: or the Jazz? It was Denver. Denver? Yeah. The, it was, like, the number two th- team in the West. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. Jokic,
0: or Jokic, how are you pronouncing I always name. get those that, two that, teams mixed that big up. That big-ass bastard who's so good. He's yeah. won the MVP, like, three times. Yeah. Um, you beat him. Great win. Without Great win. Without Trey. And then, yeah, Trey comes back last night, and you blow another double-digit lead, point lead, to a loser team in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, so my... My point, it did seem like last night, though, at times you could tell he was playing just like a little less selfishly than he might otherwise. Yeah. And which I think is good and bad. Like, there was, like, he had a wide open layup at one point in the game after a steal, and like, he just like dished it off to Jalen Johnson. That's fine. Jalen Johnson was under
0: the basket. Right. But still,
1: I don't feel like he would always do that. That might not always be the play. It seemed like he was like, you know, trying to feed his teammates a little more, but then like at the end of the game, fourth quarter, when like all those threes stopped falling that we were making earlier in the game, that's when you need Trey to just take over, and he like just wasn't doing it as yeah. much. Yeah,
0: even Dejounte got really cold in the fourth quarter as well. And then, yeah, you, you got know,
1: AJ Griffin taking all these shots, AJ, and no one going. was shooting the ball. Well it, it is it, yeah, it was just like all of a sudden there's saran wrap all over the the hoop, and yeah, like just. Uh, it was a terrible loss. Up I, I, like thirteen yeah. at one point, and
0: yeah, I, I don't understand how this team just falls apart the way it does, seemingly game after game. This is like the fifth or sixth double-digit point lead blown in the fourth quarter, um, this year. I don't get it. And so the whole thing with Trey, and then Trey addressed the media about it, and um, you know, he kept saying it's a private matter. I don't want to talk about it. Blah blah blah. And then. Um, Zach Klein actually asked the best question of, of that whole media session where he's like well John Collins is in a boot he he like can't play at all and he's there every night like why, why, why weren't you there I'm paraphrasing but that was pretty much a question and Trey's like man it's a private matter you know grown men disagree he's just like recycling the and same he audience. asked him like
1: three times yeah good on Zach Klein like for giving him the tough questions and not just letting him
0: off the hook yeah and he like really drilled that last one and he's like John's in a boot like what are you doing like you have no excuse pretty much is what he was saying and and That's it's really- not a
1: private matter because, you know, we all know. It. We all see you not there. And so it was either, like, a player that leaked it yeah. to, like, his agent, and the yeah. agent linked it to the press. I don't, I don't know what Who happened, knows? but it's like, you know, Nate comes out looking pretty good for the most part. It's like, you know, I
0: guess it's a little catty if he did say they don't show up at all or you're coming off the bench. Well, the thing is, Adam, like, if there was an ultimatum given, if you're giving people ultimatums, there's really only, like, two scenarios for that. Um, like if you're like in a hostage situation or like a war or something, you know, something really like life or death, like you gotta, you gotta deliver an ultimatum to make things happen because things are crazy. Um, or, you know, if, so that's really just like the one scenario where it's like a huge high pressure situation. You're dealing with someone you probably don't want to be dealing with the other time when you deliver an ultimatum, when you're in a you know, relationship or, or business or sports or whatever, if you're doing that. And that's a really bad sign. That tells me we're at a breaking point if we're giving each other ultimatums. Yeah, something you know? something's not right. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I think there's a lot of concerns that Trey has, like, just too much sway in the organization. Like that's the NBA. To where Yeah, that's true. But, like, he shouldn't... If the rest of the team supports McMillan and likes playing for him, like, you shouldn't have one player that can just go
0: get him fired or I, something like that I, I agree that. it's it's kind of like the whole um arthur blank mike vick situation where like you know arthur blank's pushing around mike vick in very public places in a wheelchair after he tore his acl it's like what kind of message does that send to the rest of the players is that you're dog shit you know arthur blank doesn't do that just for anybody yeah like why is he doing that it's just showing favoritism and um towards a player and then i think trey has been mollycoddled by the organization because they know how valuable he is they built this entire thing around him and he knows that and he's taking advantage of it and acting like a damn diva yeah it, it seems like we're gonna blow this it's like just a matter of time before
1: either trey's openly asking for t- trades or i don't know it i i hope they can figure it out but it just seems like the the a lot of people are kind of gravitating towards Dejounte a lot more now yeah. as well. You know,
0: I mean Dejounte was even talking about the Denver after the Denver game. He's like, we played really well together. Like the words he was using was really interesting. He was like, you know, there's a togetherness tonight. You know, we really we were really high each other's backs. I'm paraphrasing, but it just it seemed almost under. I don't know if this was an intention. I'm just just my opinion, but it seemed a little bit of uh, some undercurrent, some shade being thrown at Trey indirectly.
1: And there were times in last night's game as well, the loss to the Thunder, where the ball was moving great. Like things looked really solid. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if shots aren't falling, they're not falling. Like it wasn't necessarily the scheme.
0: Um, But it's it's not Nick McMillan's fault when Trey's missing like five wide open three pointers or that number 27. I can't remember his name, but holy Christ. Oh, Viet? He missed like every three pointer he took last night. He took like six or seven. Poor Veet. Yeah,
1: he's normal. I mean, he's. I mean, we've got a lot of injuries right now as well. That's the yeah. thing. Like DeAndre's out. John yeah. Collins is right. out.
0: Jared Culver looked like he never touched a basketball in that one play last night, where he had like a wide open ten foot shot, and then decided to drive into the paint, and then the Thunder drew an offensive foul on him. I was like, man, this just. I know. I know we're down uh, Collins and we're down DeAndre and we're dealing with turmoil but there's just this, like very specific things where it's like we can't make open shots and we just make some really bad decisions late in games.
1: Yeah, it's it's not great when Veet Kretzky is getting that many minutes, but Yeah, I was like who the hell is this guy? Uh, he's a second year player, Graham, yeah. uh from Norway, I believe. 6-7 point guard was with the Thunder last year. Uh, okay um but you know he's
0: a developmental piece sure like he's not a guy like yeah you expect bogey looked pretty good last night he made five three points. yes he did that he looks nice
1: very good in the first half as well and he, he also commented on like you know it, these is his first couple games playing since being hurt all year and like he was commenting on how crazy it was how open he was so often because of trey and being out there right
0: so that's that's hopefully a good sign
1: yes and you know, second half his legs got kinda tired so those his open threes weren't falling anymore. But you know, I don't think it's like code red at this point, but Oh, I think
0: I'm 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 panicked.
1: Oh, on, on the Graham concern meter, you're like at a ten? I,
0: I, I thought I wasn't going to be at this this early in the season, but I, I yeah, I think shit is bad. I think shit is bad off the court and you're exactly right, it's bleeding into the on the on the court effort. I don't think McMillan has control of the team. I don't think the organization has control of Trey. In the sense, like, not that I expect the organization to, like, tell him to do everything, but, or tell him, you know, he has to, you know, give him very specific things on what he can and cannot do. But I just feel like um, the team chemistry isn't good, and I don't think the coach is great, and the organization doesn't know what to do. It's just really bad. I just feel like this, and we also went, like, all in getting DeJounte Murray, and now it just feels like it's blowing up in our face. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I'm at like an eight and a half in terms of out of ten in terms of being like, like the the alarms are going off. We've seen this too much with the double digit blown leads and uh, double digit point leads being blown with, um, and now this off the court stuff continues to happen between McMillan and Trey, and now Trey has ever since that Miami Heat series, Trey has really turned into a diva to me, and I just think we're going in a bad direction in the face of our franchise, who's supposed to be our leader you know isn't there at a game it's absolute bullshit that's unforgivable to me unless you are like you know your wife's giving birth or you're in an accident you know car accident or whatever it has to be extreme circumstances for you not to be there and and this and this does not qualify i i think you're a little Little too concerned, Graham. I think you could tone it back
1: a little bit. Like you were the it, one it,
0: that just said it's going to blow up. It's blowing up in our faces like five minutes ago.
1: I said it. I, it's not a red flag. Yeah, like, but this think we're I'm talking yellow. about before that.
0: You said before it's like it just feels like Trey's going to eventually ask for a trade or or you know. Oh, I said, I said I said it
1: feels like it's trending. It's it, trending it, it's that trending that, way. that yeah, direction. Right. I, I don't think we're so. There. What has to be done to correct? Him. Well, I mean, I'm thinking of a moment from the game last night as well. One of the many wide open threes that Trey missed. It was like in the corner, right in front of the bench. And the whole cra- the whole bench was up. They seemed excited. Like they're supporting Trey still. Like they sure. seem to like want him to succeed. I don't think he's a cancer or anything. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what needs to happen, Graham. I don't you know. You're leading fifteen men trying to get a lot of different personalities in there, everyone. It's very hard to do. Yeah. I don't envy that job
0: either. Shit. I mean, like there are plenty of times a much high you know, lower stress situation for me where I've, you know, had to wrangle, you know, 10, 12 different personalities. And it's very hard to to do that. Um, it's not easy. And I can't imagine how hard it is on that, that level to, to do where you have to really, there is no sort of approach in today's modern era in any, any aspect where you can just kind of be Captain Hardass unless you want to like do it in the military. You kind of have to like tailor your approach to every player or employee or whatever, and make sure that, you know, you're putting them in a position to succeed. Get it's like you have to balance instilling sort of the way to go about doing things, but also be sensitive to what they're doing and and understand their strengths and weaknesses more so than just a one size fits all approach. It just doesn't work.
1: I I just don't think that it's gonna like this is very similar to what happened with Lloyd Pierce at this point. Like it's not going to be as simple as get a new coach in, no. a new voice, and that's gonna it, it's gonna come from Trey growing up. Trey has like, to. Trey grow needs up. to. I don't know who he's surrounding himself with, but like. I just don't think we have that big, like that Vince Carter presence to be like, "Hey, man, what you're doing? It's a really it's bad bullshit. look." because yeah. like it pissed his teammates off that he wasn't there. Yeah, like there should be like a veteran player that he respects that can like
0: just speak freely to him. And I don't, I don't think that we have that, no. and I think that's a problem. And there should have be there should be consequences to things like that. There were there were no disciplinary measures taken by by the Hawks. You said, "All right, you want to miss this game? You're you're benched for three. You're you're benched for three games. Show reinforce." Bad behavior with with bad consequences. Right. Like, if you just brush under the rug, something like this is going to happen. Again, I guarantee it. Maybe not the same exact thing, but something similar. You got to nip things in the butt or else they're just going to keep happening. And the problem is the Hawks, like I said, Molly coddled Trey Young since day one. And you got to be able to, like I was saying earlier, you got to be able to balance like a player's individual tendencies with the organizational approach but there has to be a middle ground there has to be some understanding it just doesn't feel like there's that understanding between trey and the organization or mcmillan
1: i don't think i've seen you this
0: concerned about any
1: atlanta sports story since like will smith was closing games
0: for the uh, world championship braves huh. yeah when he had like a five era in, in august of 2021 yeah and that uh, one worked out graham so maybe this one will too Maybe, but everybody's different, and this has been, this is, um it, it's it's frustrating because I really, you know, we all love the Atlanta sports teams, but that run the Hawks went on in the uh, 2021 playoffs was so much fun, and it just seemed like there's such this, this, this incredibly bright future, and there still could be, but I'm starting to think that that was, you know, a flash in the pan, and we are heading backwards here.
1: I, I do really think, the, and the reason I said let's slow down on the like eight point five nine what, whatever you said fifteen and a half concern mm-hmm. is bogey being back. It does that change gonna help. the team a lot, and it's like when we have a healthy roster with bogey being that six man again, and AJ Griffin like being like a legitimate like this guy's a player.
0: Sure, sure, I, I agree with that. But also, they have to figure out how to hold leads in the fourth quarter. They have to figure out how to finish games. And until I start, that, seeing that that's what's
1: got to be worked out is like,
0: are, are is it going to work with Trey and Dejounte on the floor at the same time? Uh, you better hope so because you you invested so much. You, you you traded a good good you know a good amount of pieces to San Antonio to get Dejounte, and you expect those guys to play together. It can't be a situation where those guys don't share the floor. I mean, I I
1: think you just got like Trey's our dude. Like I understand Dejounte is really good, but Trey is that finisher for us at the end of the game. And I I feel like there's a little bit. Too much of like trying to like just them both going back and forth, like I want well, Trey taking the last four minutes. I'm okay with Trey just like getting to the hoop, getting those foul shots. There, there's don't don't jack up those dumb threes. Exactly.
0: There, there are a few players better than Trey Young at being able to drive to the cup. I mean, I mean he is unbelievable at it. And he it, needs to do it more. And I agree with you that like, that should be the approach when it's crunch time. Like set it up so that Trey can can either drive into the paint and lay it in. Or that he can drive the paint and dish it out to someone who's open if that's not working. Like that, that has to be your approach at the end of a basketball game.
1: It's Chipper Jones to Andrew Jones. You know. Uh, Rafael Soriano to Chris Rietzma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Elaborate. Uh, I'll get a little more current. It's, do you want Chris Martin closing a game? hmm Or Will Smith? <laughs>
0: That's a terrible one. <laughs> if it's 2021 20, uh, playoff Will Smith, then Will Smith. Matzik or Will Smith? If it's 2021 20, Matzick then Matzick?
1: No, because Will Smith is that dude at the end of the day. He's the guy that you rely on. He's the
0: one that you want Matzick won the World Series last year. Well, not in the ninth inning. He pitched two innings. And he came in with guys on second and third because your boy Luke Jackson who, can't who, handle pitching Who pitched the, in the
1: ninth and didn't give up any runs in the entire Will playoffs. Smith,
0: but he got through the seventh and eighth, and he had to face the top of the order. You Will, need Will bo- Smith hey, hit the bottom you, of the you order. You need
1: both of them, Graham. You need them both. DeJounte gets us there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Trey, in the last two, three minutes, Finishes close it. Off. it. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. I don't want
0: any doubt over who is closing the game. I think, though, that DeJounte can close. And I'm not saying – I I get what you're saying, and I, I think I would I would agree overall. But the good news is is that not all of it has to fall on Trey. That's one of the reasons you brought on DeJounte is to have a, a balanced attack. But those guys have to figure out a more effective strategy in terms of doing that.
1: Right. I mean, the the, the problem was last year was Trey having to just like – you literally couldn't put him on the bench right throughout the game. Yeah. Now we have the depth that he doesn't have to be there all the time. Offense should keep moving with DeJounte out there. But – you know they they got to figure this out at the end. They can't they
0: can't both do it. Yeah, and obviously I, it's worked with other teams. It's a superstar league, right? They'll I think they can figure that out. Yeah. I, that's like the thing I'm like least concerned about, honestly, in terms of like them figuring out that dynamic. Because uh, like they you know they have only played 20 games together, 25 games, whatever it is, right? It's it's very early days. I mean, you go back to and this is an unfair comparison, but you go back to like uh, you know when Kyrie and and uh, LeBron were first playing together. They struggled, you know, LeBron, when he was in Miami, you know, initially it was like sort of got off to a rocky start for those first couple months. Like it takes a second when you're playing with a, a new guy who's very much like you in terms of high usage, uh stud player, etc. Um, They can figure that out. I'm more worried about all the other things we talked about way more than, than the and Trey figuring out how to coexist, even though that contributes to it, but you, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So, we'll see what happens with the Hawks. I didn't want to look at the schedule. I'm kind of just upset at them right now for how everything's being handled. But uh, yeah, there's your there's your Hawks report.
1: Uh quick shout out to Bob Rathman last oh, night. Oh yeah, yeah. A uh, very scary moment. He had a, you know, it, it just looked really bad. We'll, we'll just call it a health scare. Yeah. Live on air in the pregame show, had to leave. Uh, kudos to. What was that announcer that stepped in? Uh, Lauren? Lauren Jabara. Like, she, yeah. I mean, that's impressive. Just stepping in last minute, holding it down for the game. But all accounts for Bob is okay. Yeah. But it was a pretty scary moment.
0: Yeah. It was apparently extremely dehydrated, but uh, in stable condition. So, yeah. I mean, Bob Rathman's a part of. Uh, he's like, I think I said this on Twitter. He's synonymous with Hawks basketball. He's been there for as you know pretty much almost as long as i've been a hawks fan i can't i can hardly i can't think of a time i can't think of someone as integral to calling hawks games other than steve holman on the radio side um you know he's a he's, he's uh he's a part of he's a part of uh just being a hawks fan and um it's scary you, you just expect you know guys like that to just be there forever and sometimes you just don't think of of, of announcers like as people you know you think of them as just the voice and they just do their thing and then they're
1: just the guy you yell at
0: right yeah, Chip carries the guy I yell at. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the I guess the, that's a bad the thing you yell at, not not the person. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, like he's like someone like I feel like is not a person. Even though he is, I'm sure he's a perfectly fine guy. Even though I can't stand the way he calls games, but it's just one of those things where it's like something like that happens. It just makes you go, oh, Jesus, you know? It's it's a scary thing, and I'm glad Bob's doing all right because um, love him as a commentator. So yeah, um, so here's to Bob Rathman's uh, full and hopefully speedy recovery. Um, yeah. So hope you guys are doing well out there. We'll see you next week with hopefully a better show in terms of uh, optimism or joy or something as we get closer to the, the holiday season. And uh, yeah, until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta.
1: If you're in Atlanta this upcoming Friday night, Graham's other project, Graham and the band upstairs. Oh, yeah. Is uh, doing a big show at Smith's Old Bar, 9 p.m. Yep, you know, should be a good time. Tickets are ten bucks. Talk Atlanta sports afterwards, sure. But uh, yeah, hospitality, sip. hospitality. Sip. Thanks for the shout out.